Hello, and welcome to Discussions with DPIC. My name is Ngozi Ndulue. I'm the Senior Director of Research and Special Projects at DPIC. And I'm here with Chinoye Chuhu. She is a social justice advocate, a filmmaker, and an educator. And she is here to discuss her new film, Clemency, which is a film that explores the psychological toll of the death penalty. Clemency has been awarded the U.S. Grand Jury Prize for Drama at the prestigious Sundance Film Festival. And we are going to discuss some of the issues that brought her to create the movie and some of the themes that are important in our consideration of the death penalty in America. Chinoye, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Ngozi. So I just experienced Clemency. And having watched that film, I felt like there was just so many, um, there were so many layers um, of the experience. And I wanted to just start out with why this film, why a film about the death penalty, um, why is it called Clemency? So let's start there. Yeah, so I was inspired to make this film tell this story the morning after Troy Davis was executed in 2011. And leading up to his execution, as you know, and as a lot of people know, there were hundreds of thousands of people around the world protesting against his execution, including a handful of retired wardens and directors of corrections. And they all band together and wrote a letter to the governor pleading for clemency for Troy. And they spoke to not just his potential innocence, but the emotional and psychological consequences they knew from firsthand experience that killing Troy would have on those who were sanctioned to do so. And um, the morning after he was executed, I, like so many people, were feeling a lot of different emotions, but I I kept going back to that letter and rereading that letter and asking myself if, we're, if so many of us are feeling this way and navigating these complexities of emotions, what must it be like for the people whose livelihoods are based on the taking of human life? And it really just started with that question. I had never been in a prison before. I didn't even know the difference between a prison or a jail. I, I never knew any, I didn't even know what a warden really did. I, I had no connection to this world. And that kind of speaks to my own privileges as well. And, and so I really, really spent several years in a deep immersion of this space and all of the, the kind of ecosystem of humanities tied to it as well. And talking about the ecosystem of humanities, I think one thing that really stands out from your film is that although you have a warden as a main character, you really show glimpses of the impact that an impending execution has on a number of people in the criminal justice system. Um, Was it important for you to kind of have a varied perspective on uh, this act? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because for a couple of reasons, I mean, one, I didn't want to be exclusive to the warden's perspective um, because there's just so many people who are implicated in the system, who are affected by the system. Um, and, and so I really wanted to explore how they're all interconnected through this, system, this systemic practice. I think as somebody who has um, represented people on death row in the past that made the movie more impactful to me is where you're kind of seeing uh, an execution through the eyes of all of 
you know, the many people impacted. How were you able to actually, in the research phase, get the that real life experience that that kind of added to the movie? You know, I credit the many, many people that I've spoken with over the years, including yourself, Ingazi. I mean, I people really will were so willingly open to me from lawyers to surprisingly a lot of wardens and retired wardens, directors of corrections, um, people in high ranking positions in various prisons around the country. Um, I mean, families and people who've been incarcerated, people who currently are incarcerated. A lot of people have been really open to talk to me. Now there've been a lot of people who haven't and you know, <laughs> that's fine. But <laughs> But I, over the years, I've really, um, I've really been able to be honest about the the story I want to explore, and and is is because I've been keeping it so based, so so much on, so focused on me wanting to explore the humanities involved, as opposed to me making a film that is hitting people over the head with a particular message. I think a lot more people have been open to talking with me and sharing with me, and there a lot of people, particularly a lot of lawyers who were really invested in making sure that this is done right. And there have been um, several retired wardens who are now anti-death penalty activists who were also invested in making sure that this is done right. And done right is not necessarily like hitting, inundating people with the message, but done right is capturing a realistic portrayal of, of this world and of the different people involved. And, um, and, and being able to talk to people and, and also vol- me volunteering on, on clemency cases and, um, required me to go into, go into one prison in Ohio quite frequently. And that kind of helped, helped kind of build a level of trust between myself and the staff there. So then they just slowly but surely gave me more access to information in their world. And I was just able to kind of absorb the general kind of vibe and working closely with lawyers and just kind of sitting back and being a fly on the wall and hearing how y'all talk to each other and how careful your language is and the relationship dynamic between you and your clients. And I was able to just observe that for years and just incorporate that into the film. While you were observing that, were there particular aspects of like relationships of, of how process works that struck you that said, Oh, you said, Oh, I need to, to convey that. I need to, to kind of show that to people because they don't really know how things work on inside. There are two relationship dynamics that were that I, I th- that were fascinating to me from like a narrative level, but, um, and someone who really kind of studies people to write. Um, but the, I remember when I wrote a scene where Bernadine, the warden, is breaking down the protocol to Anthony, who's the man on death row. And the original version of that was using language like when you die um, and very kind of like personalized language. And I remember one retired warden, she said she she marked it up and she said, this is not how we speak because it's not when you die. It's when the procedure is complete. Mm-hmm. It is, she's, and I remember her telling me that there is no personalization. There is no death. There is no you, there is no I, it is very clinical. And that really struck me. And she said that that is how you approach. That is how a warden would approach any com- communication with the condemned. It, and it makes, that's the thing that makes that scene so harrowing to me. And the whole film, this kind of emotional detachment and this personal detachment 
the, and, and so I, I think that that's one of the strengths of the film. And the other thing is just observing, observing lawyers for years. I, I, it's interesting because it's, it's not as clinical as that, but there's still this intentional emotional separation at times that I witnessed. I mean, even constantly referring to your client as your client, you know, and, and I've witnessed several lawyers who out of their own kind of, um, emotional sanity, they, they intentional, intentionally keep distance. And there's a professionalism to that as well, but there's just like, you know what, there is a very, there's a chance that that I won't see this person again, you know, or I, or, or they need to put a guard up against the kind of somewhat futility of the system. And I, and, and so that was, that was really interesting. I mean, there was one lawyer who I talked with early on who, who um, was a death penalty lawyer for years. And then finally he told me he became a tax attorney because he couldn't do it anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and just hearing the wear and tear on his voice and in his voice. And, and it, it really struck me. And so all of that really informed the film. That's great. And so we've talked a, a lot about kind of what went into the film's creation, the research that you did. Could you just give us a quick uh, summary of, of the film? Well, the film is focuses on Bernadine, who is a warden um, uh, in a death row facility, and the film navigates her emotional and psychological um, kind of down spiral as she prepares to execute a man on death row, Anthony Woods, and uh, Alfre Woodard it plays Bernadine, and Aldous Hodge plays Anthony on death row, and Richard Schiff um, plays Anthony's lawyer, and Wendell Pierce and Daniel Daniel Brooks are also in it as well. There's so much depth in this film, and it seems like it would reach many audiences. Are there particular people that you hope will see this film? Yeah, I mean, I, I I hope people who have never really thought twice about the prison system watch it. I hope people who who think that they're for the death penalty watch it. I hope there are people who are who've worked who who I, I hope people who have worked in the system watch it. I hope people who just want a damn good story to watch it. You know, I think that this film really does attract a lot of audiences. I it's it's not it it's it's for people who have never really thought about the humanities that exist behind prison walls. It's for people who are looking for a really fascinated, com- fascinating, complex character story um, with the woman at the center. It's for it's for people who have in- possibly, you know, thought about these issues a lot, or interrogated, or are hungry for a different kind of representation of this kind of space. Um, yeah, so all kinds of people who want some good art. As somebody who is in in the space of looking at the death penalty and looking at the way that we administer the death penalty, so the, the film doesn't shy away from how we actually do it. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about the process of understanding lethal injection and the way that the executions are actually carried out. Whew, that was part of the years of research because I, I I didn't know. It's so secretive, you know? And so I read a lot of different case studies, a lot of different case studies. Um, I read a lot of articles and books. Um, I talked to... It, now, This that was an area that it was hard for people to really 
give me some straight answers and, and give me a lot of information about um, about how it's administered. And so I had to kind of piece different kind piece piece um, bits of information from different people together. Um, there were some lawyers who were a lot more forthcoming and a lot more detailed about it. Um, and I mean, there are also a lot of corrections officers who just didn't, or corrections officials who just didn't work in death row facilities. And so ah. they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, but they would tell me things that they've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few people, just a few people who have been on execution teams who wouldn't walk me through every minute detail, but part of it was because of their own PTSD from it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to go back that go down that path again, but I was able to piece some things together. Um, there was one man on death row who wrote me a letter um, explaining to me what his process was like. So he had, uh, he had, he, he'd gone through the process of what happens after you get your death warrant, but then he had a stay. And so he wrote to me in detail about what that process was like from his perspective, that step-by-step process on a kind of um, tangible physical level and on an emotional level. And so that was, that was really powerful as well. Um, So all of that really informed my understanding of, of the process. That idea of the secrecy in which so much of, of what happens before an execution and what's really going on with lethal injection makes this uh, really timely to, to think about. Another thing is this question of clemency and that last minute potential for mercy. Why in particular did you want to focus on that moment where there's still a chance that a governor's decision could actually end the waiting and, and end up saving the person from execution? Well, when thinking about the pacing of the film, when thinking about um, the kind of emotional space, creating the kind of emotional space of the film, I wanted to the best of my ability replicate the anguish, the anticipation that all come with this systemic process. Mm -hmm. And part of that is knowing that there's always that possibility, even if that possibility seems so small, but there's always that possibility. And I hope as people watch this film that there, that that kind of lingers in the air, but it, it, that possibility can slow down time tremendously, or it could speed things up, or it could just be so painful (laughs) and you feel it in your gut Um, or it could be exciting and hopeful and it's all of these different kinds of emotions that I hope that people feel um, throughout watching the film because I feel like that's very real and that's also part of the horror so that always exists and and even though you know tiny chance there's a tiny chance and that tiny chance is it's it's I I think it's I, I think whether or not it becomes realized, it, it, it makes the whole experience and sometimes really devastating. But sometimes that's what people need in order to to live and wake up another day, you know. And so it's it's a really that possibility is really complicated. That question of kind of a system that creates this tension, but there are also a system that creates these complex relationships, right, between the warden and the people that are in some ways under her care, right, and 
the warden and the other correctional officials that are going to have to carry this out. Did you find it hard to balance kind of the story of, okay, we're, we want to kind of see this through somebody's eyes and kind of the process and, and kind of the system that is, is interacting on all of the people in, in the story? I mean, not really. I knew that on a narrative level, Bernadine's emotional arc is the spine of the story. Um, and so when thinking about how to, how to build these kinds of, um, connecting relationships, I always ask myself as a writer, how does this relationship propel Bernadine's emotional arc? Mm-hmm. How does this relationship, how does this, how, how does, how does the, the major's experience impact Bernadine? How does Anthony, how are Anthony, how, how's Anthony's journey interconnected to Bernadine's? How, how does, how does Marty, the lawyer and what he's going through parallel or connect Bernadine's arc. So that, that was, oh, it always went back to how does this impact Bernadine and how does it move her arc, her, her own emotional journey along? How does it, does, does it create any revelations for her? Does it empower her in, in any other way? Um, does it complicate her, her journey in any other way? So that's always what I was asking. And, and I think that that's, I hope that people see that, that that's how everybody, Bernadine is connected to everybody. No matter if you're a family member, if you are a lawyer, if wherever you're at, everybody she can see. She, there's a piece of her that she can that she could see herself in in all of these people, and that's because I really I really was intentional in asking myself how does it affect Bernadine. And have you um, spoken with some of the wardens, the lawyers that you talked to in the creation of this film? and gotten their response after seeing it. They haven't seen the film yet. Oh. I've definitely talked to a couple of them after the film, after Sundance, um, and they're very excited and happy and, and, and want to do screenings and things like that. And so we're, we're, we're definitely going to do that. And oh. we're, we're trying to figure out a way to really get like everybody in a room yeah. or most people in a room <laughs> or rooms, um, but they're very excited. Now, I will say as somebody who is a lawyer, not someone who's actually spent those last hours with a client, there was something about the presentation of um, the very kind of clinical way that executions uh, function and with the kind of beautiful visual of the stark prison environment that there... The reality of that and, and how much that reflected my experience really, um, really stood out to me and also became a part of, I don't know, like a character in the, the, mm. the, the film was like the, this prison environment, this space. Um, do you see the conversation that this brings and, and the experience that, that people are going to have of this film as being broader than a conversation about just the death penalty and just how executions happen? Oh, absolutely. And that's, that was part of, that was a big intention of mine with this film. I mean, I, I, beyond specific conversations around the death penalty, I really hope that this film um, can instigate conversations around the prison industrial complex, around it, it really 
pushing people to ask themselves questions about what does justice and mercy look like for people who have been convicted of violent felonies? What does justice and mercy look like for violent offenders? What does, what does it, what does it look like regardless of innocence or guilt? And how can we move past our need as a society to know if somebody is innocent or guilty. So because how can we move to a space where we can see someone's humanity regardless? Um, how can I hope this film can really ch- challenge people to humanize those who are incarcerated, to really ask themselves about the people who are we are we are also incarcerated, you know, in some way on some sort of like emotional and mental level um, as we uh, as we continue to perpetuate what goes on between prison walls. And I, I hope that those are the larger kind of conversations. I hope it really instigates. I mean, that's. And 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 also, like, in terms of the, the space, the prison space, I for me, part of the horror of the space is what was captured in the film is the un, the not the unsentimentality the emotional detachment that is that is part of what is going on in in those spaces um and i want people to re- i want that to really s- sit with people you know and 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 know that this is going on in our backyard and this is what exists you know and we are we are not we are not exempt from it and i go back to when I first had this idea, when I had never been in a prison before, when I didn't, I I was so disconnected. And meanwhile, this was in my own backyard. And so we're all we're all part of this. Clearly, your your perception of of, of uh, prison and people who are in prison has changed. Do you feel like the the understanding that you have um, gotten from this? journey with with the clemency movie has changed your advocacy has changed the way that that you think about our national uh work around justice and what justice looks like i mean it's completely transformed me i mean i i became an activist because of this journey you know i became intentional about my living because of this journey and became intentional about advocating for the humanities of people and to and and really changed my philosophy to not defining people by their worst possible acts and that's not just as it pertains to people who are incarcerated but that's just in general you know it has made me a much more empathetic person it has really defined for me what justice and mercy really looks like and has really kind of force me to be a much more compassionate person. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that I don't fall off the wagon sometimes. This journey has really, has really made me think about humanity first. And it's, if it's not just informed my advocacy, but it has really made me a better writer. You know, writing is empathy. And um, it's made me a better filmmaker. It's made me a much more intentional person. Um, and it's helped my relationships, too. So I can be more compassionate with people, you know, and more compassionate with myself. And I think that there's that a foundation of justice and mercy is really seen in treating people as human beings. Thank you so much for, first of all, for creating this amazing film and for talking with me today. This is Ngozi Njilue with Discussions with Deepak. Please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Thank you so much.